Hello, hello. Welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 354 for December 20th, 2023. I'm Mayor Watt, that's hometown.com. Tonight we're going to be talking about this cheese doesn't smell right, AI co-scientist and patents. You can hear temperature and glass. Rite Aid wanted AI facial recognition. Chicks on Sunday. Ransomware gang says, nah, wizard of the coast and artificial intelligence ditch the glitter mind Shrek and designer con. Let's get into today's articles. So the very first article is over in hometown daily, the cheese factory chemical leak sends dozens to hospital. At least 29 cheese factory workers in Tennessee were hospitalized following two leaks of a potential fatal chemical. You wouldn't think cheese has a lot of chemi- chemistry in it other than, you know, milk and rennet. And... But apparently it's a little bit messier than that. I'm not sure why Newsweek does what it does. But anyway, <laughs> Newsweek.com um, has a Disney Resort evacuation uh chemical exposure thing (laughs) as the headline. I don't understand why. Anyway, Aila Slisko, I guess is their name, is the writer for this article over at newsweek.com. Apparently what ended up happening was anhydrous ammonia was leaking from um, a tank or refrigeration unit um, at the uh, La Casera Mexicana, I guess. a cheese factory um, Wednesday morning emergency responders arrived at the factory at around 7:15 a.m. after the first leak was detected apparently uh, some people were um, sick went to the hospital somebody came in fixed it and then uh, some short time afterward there was another leak and a bunch of other people fell sick um, 23 more workers And it says it's uh, unclear whether the second leak was caused by the same valve as the first. Um, And there isn't really much more in this article, uh, but I thought that I would talk about it because um, you can make cheese at home. (laughs) And uh, just it's kind of weird that I guess when you get to that level, you need a a different type of chemistry set to play with. And um, you shouldn't be doing it in your um in your kitchen with anhydrous what was it um let's see it says it up here doggone it um the oh anhydrous ammonia because they talk about it as being part of fertilizer um but yeah it's it's used uh to make fertilizer and it's a, it says is a relatively common refrigerant refrigerant in large industrial operations, but um, it's it's interesting that oh, and they say that um, technicians actually prefer using it um, because it can be smelled um, quicker than other odorless refrigerants. Um, but there are some you know reasons why you shouldn't be messing around with this stuff concentrations of 300 to 500 parts per million are immediately dangerous to life 
People will generally leave the area due to lung irritation, coughing, shortness of breath, higher exposures can cause fluid in the lungs, pulmonary edema, and severe shortness of breath. Basically, you pass out and because it's heavier than air, you basically end up uh, swamped in the stuff and um, you asphyxiate right there. So never a good thing. So let's keep going. Um, the next article is over in technology today. Artificially intelligent co-scientist automates scientific discovery. And in light of the fact that copyright can't be attributed to anything generated by AI, why would a patent be allowed? But I find this really interesting because this is a non-organic intelligence system has for the first time designed, planned, and executed in a chemistry experiment, according to Carnegie Mellon University researchers that reported it on December 21st in the journal Nature. So the article is over in techexplore.com and it says, quote, we anticipate that intelligent agent systems for autonomous scientific experimentation will bring tremendous discoveries, unforeseen therapies, and new materials. While we cannot predict what those discoveries will be, we hope we will see a new way of conducting research given by the synergetic, nice, big business word there, synergetic, I think it's, I thought it was synergistic, partnership between humans and machines, according to the um, Carnegie Mellon research team that wrote that in their paper. So this is the system. Um, it's all pretty neat. It's all automated. It all uses AI. But if there is a discovery of, and it's like an erector set, you can buy these extrusions and bolt them together like every day of the week. It's pretty cool. All of this is extrusion. Um, and, and, um, you slide little things inside the grooves so that you can bolt things on. It's, I love this stuff. You want a really big desk or something like that. You buy a big tabletop off of, uh, uh, Amazon and you buy these extrusions from wherever you can get them really. And, uh, you just bolt them together and they lock tight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, um, enough gushing about extrusion, aluminum extrusion. I'm kind of weird that way. So this here, um, this whole system is all automated. So if it discovers something, how can it be attributed to a human being? Because, you know, the art that I create, the music that I write, the writing that I generate using AI that is issued off of my instruction, that's not allowed. That can't be protected, but apparently maybe the discoveries executed by this automated erector set, that is okay. That will be patented. Hmm. This will be an interesting discussion um, after the new year. Uh, this may be my last show for um, 2023 and um, maybe. It depends on uh, what happens between now and um, just after the holiday. So we'll see if I'll pick it back up. And uh, when I do pick it back up, I'll backtrack uh, and fix all of the episodes that are missing because I don't want to miss a single day. Um, but unfortunately, I am getting pulled away. Uh, so we'll see uh, what happens with that. Um, at any rate, 
let's go on to the next article. Uh, this next article is over in hometown daily man stuns TikTok by showing how you can actually hear temperature. And I'm going to throw this into the chat so you can check that out. There you go. Um, but I've actually listened to this. The article was put together by Pandora Dewan and, uh, or Dewan. I'm not sure how they pronounce their last name, uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to silence my outbound music. So let me make sure that it's quiet. Okay. And I'm going to um, let this audio play and we'll go from there. Okay. So this is a TikTok video and I'm just going to play it from right about, let's see here. Let me get closer to where it is. Okay. So you can follow the link and it'll take you over there and you can do his little exercise, their little exercise in how this plays, uh, plays out on TikTok. But I, <laughs> I want to jump to it. So here, here's what's going on. They're going to pour hot water into a glass and then cold water into a glass and you'll be able to hear the difference. I, I find it really interesting because uh, many people have heard this difference before, but they don't sit there and go, oh my God, I can hear the difference between hot water and cold water. But I, I think we have all heard it. Um, not all of us have made that connection though. Um, and it's, it's very apparent. So here. All right. This is poor number one. All right. You got in your mind, which one you think that was? Well, here's poor number two. Okay. Did you get your answers? Yes. Anyway, um, you can actually hear the difference and it's because the hot water will basically generate a, a, a deeper tone. Um, <laughs> and I haven't gone through to see why there is a tonal difference, but other than just saying that it has a higher energy state, there's more energy. The atoms are further apart. As simple as it may sound, hot water is closer to a gas, so they're further apart um, and they have more energy. So they're bouncing around more, whereas the cold water is a lower energy state and it doesn't bounce around as much. So it comes across as a little bit crisper, but you can actually hear the difference when you turn up the volume. So um, anyway, I thought it was really interesting and I wanted to draw attention to it. But TikToker Wyatt Cannon demonstrated the phenomenon and it's the author here over at newsweek.com says that the internet is in disbelief, but many people have observed this over the you know, existence of time. Um, and I, I find it really neat that somebody drew attention to it and everybody's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, it's pretty cool. So, um, I'm glad that they did it. And, uh, it draws attention to the science of something as simple as pouring a glass of water. Um, so maybe, uh, 
out of 26 million views at the time that this article was written, which was, I think, let's see today about eight hours ago, nine hours ago. Um, yeah, maybe one of the 26 million people will convert into being a scientist, uh, in their academic pursuits and change the world for the better, uh, based off of whatever this might be. Um, so it says, uh, it all comes down to viscosity, how thick the liquid is. Again, higher energy state means that it's going to flow differently than the lower energy state. You can see this much more clearly with honey, the science presenter and physicist Steve Mould explains in a video on Tom Scott's YouTube channel. Um, cold honey tends to act more like a solid while warm honey is much more running. The same thing happens with water. Correct. Um, so pretty neat. And, uh, yeah, the article has a, a little bit more to it. So definitely follow the link through, uh, hometown and go check it out. It's pretty fun. Let's go on to the next article. Uh, this next article is over in the mobile channel, right? A ban from using AI facial recognition to curb shoplifting. Um, what's interesting about this is I was recently in a Rite Aid um, and uh, somebody shoplifted pretty much directly in front of me. They they were further down an aisle that I was I was sitting in a chair and I watched this person um, <laughs> shoplift, but they did it in such a way that you kind of go, well, eh, maybe they're just picking something up. But it was a team of two people that pulled the manager or the shopkeeper away from where the person was shoplifting. Um, and they ended up chasing the people around the store. Um, but I didn't know what the full context of what was going on was until later on. Um, and now I see this actually is the second article. There was a previous article um earlier, I think it was maybe a uh, day before yesterday or yesterday, um, where Rite Aid said that they were going to use <laughs> facial recognition, but Rite Aid is banned for five years from using artificial intelligence, facial recognition to try to curb shoplifting. The FTC commission said on Tuesday in a press release, the agency said that the drugstore uh, company is being banned from using the technology for surveillance purposes for the length of five years to settle charges by the FTC. The FTC charges that the retailer failed to implement reasonable procedures and prevent harm to consumers in its use of facial recognition technology in hundreds of stores. Um, Rite Aid's reckless use of facial recognition left its customers facing humiliation. Um, yeah, you know, a false positive is worse than anything. I mean, if if somebody gets away with shoplifting because your AI uh, facial recognition didn't work out so well. That's not so bad. You can write it off, but going after somebody who is incorrectly identified as a shoplifter in your store, that's kind of the horrible thing about this. So Tara Suter over at the Hill put the article together and, um, uh, the shoplifting and, and store theft is, and, and loss prevention in general is just massive. And it's actually gotten worse as time has gone on. Um, I think largely because we have this hands-off type of approach. Um, and we stopped stopping people from stealing stuff from stores because 
the business had insurance and people would sue the uh, employer if uh, a, a person working in the store stopped the person from stealing and they got hurt, right? And rightfully so. You know, um, employees shouldn't be the physical guardians of product when the store itself isn't going to be sitting there protecting the employees from harm. Um, so, you know, why should the employees stand by the, the company if the company won't stand by the employee? Um, you know, people get hurt on the job and they get fired. Um, it's despicable, but we've created this era, um, in business and society where there is no loyalty to the employer and there's no loyalty to the employee. Um, and while the employee, um, is going to suffer more, um, the employer is like, well, you know, we can always find another employee. So, um, employees have no bargaining power, not until they unionize. So they wanted to use, <laughs> they wanted to use AI and I guess it kind of shit the bed. Um, right. Aid's reckless use of facial recognition systems left its customers facing humiliation and other harms and its order violations put consumers sensitive and its order violations put consumers sensitive information at risk. Today's groundbreaking order makes clear that the commission will be vigilant in protecting the public from unfair biometric surveillance and unfair data security practices. Okay. Well now go talk to the, the, uh, um, arena that houses the, uh, rockets because they used artificial intelligence to, um, uh, kick out an attorney that wasn't even associated uh, with the case that was being brought um, or litigated uh, against that arena. I can't remember the name of the arena right now, but anyway, if you look at a, a attorney and um, uh, like brownies or something like that um, and rockets, you'll find this case. Um, it's, it's really fascinating. And Rite Aid is really kind of um, in a world of hurt because the Justice Department is coming after it, um, accusing it of filling hundreds of thousands of prescriptions for the controlled substance. Um, uh, whatchamacallit, it was an opioid, and I can't remember the name of it right now either. Oh, God, it's like the scourge on society, apparently. Um, my brain just isn't working today. So anyway, um, yeah, there was just a huge settlement too, um, with I think Rite Aid being one of the big catching the brunt of the settlement. Anyway, let's keep on going. I won't belabor too much, um, at least this stuff. Uh, the next article is over in hometown daily chick-fil-a could be forced to open on sundays a new york state assemblyman is pushing a bill that would keep chick-fil-a restaurants in the state uh, rest stops open seven days a week that's right folks uh, when all hell is breaking loose you can count on a new york state assemblyman to force chick-fil-a to stay open for seven days because damn it sometimes you're really craving Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. And uh, you know what they say. God didn't rest on a 
state rest stop on Sunday. So the article, oh, wait, before I do that, let me throw it into the chat. So it's in the uh, show notes or it's in the VOD. Oh, by the way, I've opened up a subreddit on reddit.com. So you can go over there um, and it will have the links as well uh, to hometown daily. So if you go to reddit.com slash R slash hometown daily, uh, you'll be able to get it. I tried to get hometown, but it's a private community for a couple of people. Apparently I don't know what's up with that. Um, and I haven't actually asked them if I could get it, but it is what it is. I still have hometown.com. That's where everything is focused anyway. Um, but it'll have show notes there too. I don't know if that's going to do anything at all, but it's another community. Um, and it'll link to hometown.com. We'll see. Maybe they'll, you know, ban my subreddit. So what is this all about? Uh, the articles over at newsweek.com, uh, Julia Carbonaro is the author of this. And let's see here. Defying a decades-long tradition of closures on Sunday, a New York Democrat is trying to make Chick-fil-A restaurants in the state uh, rest stops stay open every day of the week. <laughs> so absurd. <laughs> uh, New York Assemblyman Tony Simone has sponsored a bill that would require require fast food restaurants at the rest stops to serve customers on all seven days. Require? Really? Hey, um, you know, you can't make people work against their will, right? Uh, something, something civil war. Um, yeah, you can't force people to work against their will. Uh, and if they sign a contract that says, Hey, we're going to work six days and take the seventh day off. You can't change the contract without terminating it and you're going to be terminating it without real cause. So you're going to really enrich this business um, pretty darn quick. Let the contract expire. And if you want to change the terms so that everybody gets (laughs) Chick-fil-A, stupid Chick-fil-A on Sunday. Yeah. If passed, Simone's bill would force Chick-fil-A to keep its rest stop opens, uh, rest stop restaurants opened on Sundays or shut them down. The lawmaker said uh, the change would guarantee that those driving through the state during the weekend, the busiest travel days of the week can find somewhere to eat and rest. Well, dipshit, you know that you're the one that enabled this. You, you, you literally said, Hey, here's the contract, not him in particular, but the state said, Hey, Chick-fil-A, you want to pitch your business to us, uh, um, providing food in our state drive through or, uh, rest stops. And they go, yeah, sure. But we're not going to open on Sunday. And then, uh, apparently somebody had to run this through at least legal, right? You have a legal department that looks at your contracts to make sure that no dipshit move is made. Well, here's the dipshit move. Change the goalpost. <laughs> Let's move it to Sunday instead of Saturday. And then tell them, you know, all that money that you committed to our rest stops. 
Yeah, you're going to have to open up on Sunday as well because we want you to open up on Sunday after you've committed to every day but Sunday and we told you every day but Sunday. Yeah. Anyway. Quote, and this is, so the representative for um, Simone told Newsweek the legislation is needed because Sundays are a very high-level traffic day for New Yorkers and rest stops are intended to provide services for travelers. Yeah, sure. It makes no sense for rest areas to rely on a company that by policy is closed on such a busy travel day. The representative continued, unfortunately, the current contract would not be impacted, but the bill would require any future contracts negotiated by the throughway authority to include a provision that restaurants are open seven days a week. Hey, look, all it would have taken was somebody to go, Hey, you know, the fricking restaurant, uh, restaurants are closed on Sunday before you go. Yeah, sure. So in a post on uh, the website, formerly known as Twitter, Simone wrote, it makes no sense for restaurants um, at rest stops to be closed on one of the busiest days of the week. But Chick-fil-A has been allowed to limit their service to travelers in their contracts with the NYS Thruway Authority. My bill with Democratic Senator Michelle Hinchy will change that. Yeah, very progressive. If looking back and going, oh, oops, <laughs> um, is progressive. Aim high, those important things. There was no other restaurant there. Maybe have some competition and have another restaurant there. More than one, you know, that way there's competition and the, the fee for the food in the rest stops isn't exorbitant. You know, five bucks for a bottle of water. Anyway, next article is over in hometown daily. A ransomware gang unseizes its site and issues new threats after FBI takedown. Hey, <laughs> you're going to go for the king, aim for the head, right? Uh, the U.S. Justice Department said uh, the FBI has created a decryption tool to help it return data from over 500 ransomware victims as part of this Black Cat ransomware alpha um, Black Cat ransomware gang that they had penetrated through a criminal, uh, well, an informant. Um, now here's the kicker with this. This is really, it's really funny. Um, they're like, Hey, we, uh, returned the data to over 500 ransomware victims, except that there's over 3000 victims whose data remains encrypted and bleeping computer reported like they did yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Um, that, uh, FBI had only had the decryption keys for 400 or so. And that black cat has regained control of its site. <laughs> How the hell did that even take place? Anyway, the FBI working with international authorities says it has offered to help decrypt data for hundreds of victims of alpha black cat. Um, Wes Davis is the author of this bleeping computer reported this afternoon. I'm repeating it or reporting it by way of the verge. So everybody get all of their, all of their um, credit where credit is due. According to the DOJ over the past 18 months, Alpha Black Cat 
has emerged as the second most prolific ransomware as a service variant in the world based on the hundreds of millions of dollars in ransoms paid by victims around the world. In its model, the gang is responsible for creating and updating the ransomware while affiliates find targets and launch the attacks and then they split the profits. It's actually quite amazing. Over the summer, the gang also claimed credit for a Reddit hack demanding $4.5 million to return the data as well as stealing data from games publisher Namkai Bando, uh, sorry, Namco Bandai, I flipped that. I think I might have a little bit of dyslexia today. Um, near the end of the summer, the gang claimed credit for shutting down several MGM resort casinos and hotels in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is something that we actually reported on too, by way of others that um, are doing the actual reporting. Um, just kind of because hometown aggregates a bunch of data um, I like to talk about that stuff and, uh, yeah, we actually spoke about MGM resorts. Once you are breached, you might as well just format and reinstall nuke it for, uh, consider it finding, uh, akin to finding a spider in your bed. <coughs> you just burn the whole place down. I think it's funny that they got it. They got their, the whole site back, apparently, according to. Uh, bleeping computer uh, bleeping computer is one of uh, the aggregation sources all right let's keep going um here's another one technology today wizards of the coast doubles down on generative ai stance as artists are quote what makes dnd great wizards of the coast is owned by hasbro which just laid off 1100 people I feel bad for anybody at Wizards of the Coast, um, but I guess, uh, I don't know. They're, uh, is I don't know if Wizards of the Coast is particularly protected, but um, Hasbro fired 1,100 people. In the new 2024 Player's Handbook, all of the core character classes in Dungeons & Dragons will get full-color illustrations like the one that we're about to see when we flip over to the site itself. Uh, which depicts a fighter. Um, it's, um, I think it's created by somebody named Nestor Osandon um, for Wizard of the Coast. In response to the social media criticism, Wizard of the Coast has released a statement that further clarifies its stance on the use of generative AI and material for the Dungeons and Dragons tabletop game. This all is in response to someone acknowledging that some of their work was created by an AI and um, yeah, it didn't go over so well with, um, people who are, have their heart and soul invested in wizards of the coast and dungeons and dragons. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is the one, let me see here. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the person that said, Hey, you know, my name or my, uh, art was generated using AI. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't see if they talk about that part of it. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So anyway, um, what wizards of the coast is saying is that they will not allow anything generated by AI. Uh, so even if it is to it says, this comes four months after the incident in August where an artist admitted he'd used AI tools to polish, polish 
several il illustrations he'd contributed to uh, a new D&D source book in response wizards has basically said no to generative AI. Um, and that's fine. I mean, that's a, that's a choice for a business and I'm fine with it. Um, but I'm also not fine with 1100 people being laid off. And then you give the CEO $3 million as a bonus. Um, kiss my ass wizards of the coast. All right. Well, not wizards of the coast Hasbro. Pardon me. Let me do uh, uh, an editorial correction. Kiss my ass Hasbro. Um, Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, you're still too expensive, but whatever. It is what it is. Uh, the next article is over in Mobile. Glitter is ready-made microplastic pollution. Time to ditch this Christmas. Um, this is actually something that I've actually spoken of. I am anti-glitter. Uh, I was at a restaurant recently where there was glitter embedded in the wooden chairs um, that I was sitting at. Yeah, well, it was a bench. So anyway, I, I asked, um, uh, when the stripper sat there because there was glitter all over the seat and it was embedded in the wood. So there's your microplastics folks. A few months ago, shoppers in Germany were reported to have been stockpiling decorative glitter. That's because it's now officially banned in the EU. I think here in the States, we should do the same thing. Um, Cameron Maruf from the conversation. I think I'm pronouncing their name properly. I'm sorry if I'm not, but anyway, the conversation is an external website, but they publish a lot of stuff over on fizz.org. I'm not quite sure what the relationship is, but they are really, really like, uh, connected to, um, fizz.org. So it says here, glitter is made of plastic since plastic doesn't really degrade almost every bit ever made can still be found somewhere. And the glitter you use for Xmas decorations a decade ago probably still exist. Close to home, it's likely to be trapped between fibers of your carpet, wedged between your keyboard, and even consumed by your pet or you. Further afield, it may have made its way into the ocean. Glitter is widely used uh, to decorate clothing, arts, crafts, in cosmetic products. Uh, but let's call it what it is beyond the shimmer and the sparkle glitter is microplastic. It really is. Um, so it says it prevents recycling fish think that it's food. Microplastics have been found inside human bodies. Um, one study estimated that humans ingest or inhale more than a hundred thousand bits of plastic each day, eliminating plastic glitter would be one less source of microplastics to worry about. Now I'm a little bit bent out of shape. I have known about this, um, it, but I've, I've never really spoken out against it. Um, other than saying, you know, glitter is microplastics. Um, uh, but I know of a YouTuber that utilized copious amounts, um, of glitter. And, and I'm like, wow, I, something should have been, I don't know if it was biodegradable, um, glitter that was used. I don't think it was disclosed as, but I think it sucks now. Um, and somebody probably should have said something. This is really a bad thing to do, but they did it anyway. Anyway, um, glitter is produced through plastics, PET and PVC and covered with synthetic materials for its visual shimmer. The substances used to make glitter are known to harm human health. Microplastics work their way up the food chain. If you don't absorb it immediately, um, upon its dispersal, It'll get consumed by various animals all the way back up to us humans eating it. 
And it says glitter is so dangerous because it's so small due to its ubiquitous nature and minuscule size. People basically say that it's not that big of a deal, but it actually is. Um, if you actually inhale it, um, it can um, have a deleterious effect um, and cause problems in your lungs. It, it can have a reaction um, and uh, it can either... Well, how do I put it? They, it's called an edema. I mean, it, it can actually uh, cause fluid to build up. It can um, bury itself inside the lungs. Um, it can cause problems with breathing. Um, Glitter is already a microplastic. It makes it easier to spread and contaminate the soil, air, food. It's widely accessible, pervasive in nature. Washing it down the drain only means it ends up in the ocean. Um, yeah. And more and more of this stuff is coming out. We're talking more and more about it. So, um, I think it's great that this article came out. So let's keep on going though. I only have two more articles. I'm kind of ripping through these things. I can't be right. Did I skip something? Hold on. Cheese. Artificial. Uh, man. Right aid. Oh, that's why I didn't publish the Rite Aid article into the chat here. I skipped a couple of things. There's the Rite Aid article. Sorry about that. Then the Chick-fil-A. Um, then ransomware. Here's the Wizard of the Coast article. Man, I neglected to post a couple of... And I put the glitter one up higher. It's in the right order in the show notes, folks. Don't worry. Um, and uh, I I feel like I'm kind of a hot mess tonight. Uh, the next article is over on the Warcrafters channel. At last, Shrek has come to Minecraft, but only for the next few days. The author of this article is uh, over at PC Gamer. Well, I'll give credit where credit is due here in a minute. Uh, they've never been to Universal Studios in Hollywood but they have been to Universal Studios theme park in Florida. It was long ago that the Jaws ride was still around. I've actually seen that Jaws ride. I've gone through that. Um, and their main memory of it was the overwhelming stench of petrol from all of the very real flames that surrounded the ride. Luckily, gas-filled nostrils won't be a problem in Minecraft's Universal Studios event, which is currently underway. This lets players join an online world inspired by Universal Studio or Universal's Hollywood Studio Tour, according to an announcement published on the Minecraft website. So uh, Rick Lane put the article together over at PCGamer.com. Visit the famously sociable ogre in his swamp via the Universal Studios live event. Um, there is a video over on YouTube. If you just do a search for Minecraft uh, Times Universal New Year's celebration you'll get the video um but let me throw the link into the chat Doink. well there we go and it says here um it is decidedly fanciful take on the studio tour, letting you visit various blocky iterations of famous movie sets like Amity Island, embarking on quests and playing mini games along the way, like the Rooftop Parkour Challenge, 
at New York Street. Once you're done with the tour, you can visit Shrek at his home in the swamp, which he famously enjoys. Players can join the friendly and not remotely antisocial ogre alongside his chattier companion Donkey uh, on an adventure themed after Shrek's fantasy world. This is not that video. Um, interesting. So the event runs until December 23rd, ending at 1 a.m. GMT. Uh, to access it, you need the Bedrock version of Minecraft alongside the free event. Microsoft has a bunch of discounts on its Universal-themed DLCs, knocking 33% off of its worlds, inspired by How to Train Your Dragon, Jurassic World, and Illumination's Minions. That last one sounds truly nightmarish. Honestly, the author says that they'd take the worlds filled with ravenous dinosaurs and dragons over those jabbering yellow freaks any day of the week. I don't know. I like Minions. I don't know. I feel like they're always looking at me, though. Okay, last article. I didn't even, I don't know if I did transitions throughout this whole thing. No, doesn't matter. Uh, the next article is over on the Marvel channel. The amazing art and toys that the authors of this article loved at DesignerCon 2023. Let me throw this into the chat. Go through all 10 of these. 45 minutes, folks. Look at that. Every year, there are a few dates that the author immediately look forward to on their calendar. Their birthday, of course, wedding anniversary, Christmas, Super Bowl, San Diego Comic-Con, and maybe above all others, DesignerCon. <laughs> wow. Jermaine Lucier, or Lucier, I'm not sure how they pronounce their name. Um, from Marvel and Back to the Future to Pee Wee Herman and Prey, there's a small sampling from the coolest convention on the planet. I think I want to go to this now. Hmm. Designer Con is an annual convention held in Southern California for now that ha some, has something for everyone. If you're into fine art, pop culture art, toys, sculpture, sneakers, Barbie, Ninja Turtles, Taylor Swift, whatever, there's something for you at Designer Con. So they have a slideshow, <clears throat> which they normally um, put together. And then I kind of plop that out there like that. And if I find something interesting, um, we can take a look at it. But it says amazing art and designer, or sorry, amazing art and toys that they loved at Designer Con 2023. That was the intro slide. And then they have Naru from Prey, Pee Wee Herman, and Simone. Pee Wee and Simone? Um Battle of the Beach from Barbie, Terminator figures, Chucky and Friend, Mobile Suit Gundam, which I'm more into out of all of this so far, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Samurai Raphael, Disguised Droids from Star Wars, eh, Trek, Trek Fiction, eh, Super Mario Free Solo, I'm not sure what that is, Alien Minifigs, uh, Dex's Diner, Shin and Balin Costumes, um, Customs. Oh, customs, not costumes. Customs. Marty McFly. Um, console Hearts, Black Panther, Narsil from Lord of the Rings. Um, the Overlook. Mighty Elbartos and Feral Predator. So I'm gonna look at the mobile suit Gundam. Is it actually something? God, there's I don't know what all this white area or white space is. Uh, it looks like it's just a piece of art, mobile suit Gundam art piece. Meh. 
No. Um, let's see what else. Feral predator. Looks like a mouse pad or something. What the heck is this? From prey. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a mouse pad or something. Hmm. I don't know if this is what they're saying is like the most amazing stuff. I don't know. So TMNT Raphael Samurai Raphael. Yeah, I don't know. This is not winning me over. Anyway, it's a Gizmodo article. Let me go back to the very beginning of this. Um, and uh, it's over at gizmodo.com and Jermaine Lucier is the author. So go and check it out. There's some more over there. Obviously, I didn't highlight all of them, but we always get back in the party bus and drive back down to Main Street. I would love to refresh this, but you never know. Um, I might want to run this as a promotion. Amazon is trying to stop a lawsuit from uh, the drivers who had to pee in bottles from going to court because nothing says I treat uh, employees right, like forcing them to pee in bottles. I know that it's one of the perks of the job that I used to have. Just kidding. I've never had to. I've never been forced to pee in bottles. I do it by choice. That's it, folks. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.